Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to the Sculpture Life podcast. I hope you're all doing well. I am very excited about today's episode. We have our very first guest on the show, Kathy Yu. She is a good friend of mine, former client and mentor over the last seven years. She's played a pivotal role in my life, and I can't wait to have her on. We always have great in-depth conversations and banter. We can talk with another for hours, but of course today we will keep it within reason. So this is going to be fun and hopefully insightful, inspirational, and motivational as well. So before we get started, I'd like to talk a little bit about Kathy, her background, education, and unique integrative approach to healing. She has a background in psychology, but has more recently transitioned and transitioned and completed studies in spiritual psychotherapy and spiritual direction. She has also been trained in Reiki and various energy healing practices. She's developed this unique private practice which incorporates psychotherapy, spiritual di- direction, and intuitive energy work. Kathy approaches healing from an integrated perspective that really looks to the intersection of mind, body, emotions, and spirit. So ultimately, she acts as a guide to clients' soul journeys, helping them to explore their inner self, discover their subconscious limiting beliefs, thought patterns, and emotional blocks while helping them to tap into their innate wisdom and intuition. So in moving people towards developing a more expanded conscious awareness, she leads them to reclaim their authentic self. Now, I have to say this woman is very inspiring. I have witnessed her journey and transition of going back to school and truly following her intuition and tapping into her gifts and talents where she can now share and lead others on their journey. So get ready, everyone. It's time to get some deeper insights from our featured guest. Welcome on board, Kathy. How's it going? Good. No pressure there. (laughs) I kind of can't believe we're here where we, we are where we are today. I mean, the fact that I'm hosting you on this podcast, you've literally knew me since I was 22, fresh out of university, just starting out in the real world. I know it's kind of, it's really incredible where we find ourselves and how life rolls out. Because who knew, right? Um, that we would both find ourselves where we are now. Exactly. I think when I think back, I mean, you helped me find my first apartment. You witnessed witnessed my transition into entrepreneurship. Been there through all my relationships in my twenties, and here we are today. You know. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. I almost feel like I sort of helped raise you in some ways. It's it's. Um, I'm so proud and so honored to be here on your show. It's pretty incredible. Thank you so much for asking me to be your first guest. I mean, I'm more honored than anything. I mean, you've helped me, you've really helped me on my path of, you know, deeper self-exploration. You were kind of that sounding board and voice of reason and were always able to hold space for me when I was discovering myself throughout my twenties. And I remember just going to you a lot of the time when I was dealing with something or feeling uncomfortable in this situation, I felt safe enough to tell you things and you, you really helped me understand my whole journey and trace the steps back to my childhood and where I am now and how everything unfolded and the areas that I need to pay attention to. So I am really excited to dive into today's episode with you and to, you know, share your wisdom and experience with others. So now that we're on this topic of our personal journeys, I'd like to dive in a little more and let's talk about 
when you began and when did you get deeper on your path of self-exploration, personal growth, and what did it really mean for you to develop a relationship with yourself? Like, what did that look like? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, it's, you know, it's, it's, it, it's, we're all on a journey, right? That's how I, I view healing with people, with all of my clients. We're all on a journey. We're on a journey from the moment we get here and even before. And so, and there's many parts to my journey, right? In my self-development and awareness. Um, I've been through many different changes in my life, you know, becoming a mother, getting married, becoming a mother, all of those things. Um, they, they present changes, but I'd have to say, if I have to really look at what was the pivotal point for me in where it's taken me to where I am now, because where I am now is so completely different from where I thought I might actually be, you know, 20 years ago, if you had asked me, and if you had told me that I'd be doing what I'm doing now, I would have thought you were crazy. So to find myself here is pretty incredible. And I kind of think that started probably about maybe about six years ago or so. Mm -hmm. And I, I know exactly what sort of the turning point for me was, which was I went away with a group of women whom I've known for 20, 20 plus years. We are in a book club together, but we started from this mother's group. And so we've been through part of each other's journeys through that navigating through motherhood, right? Pregnancy, motherhood, all of that stuff, which, which, you know, you need a lot of support to get through that. And we're still together, you know, more than 20 years later, we're a pretty tight group. So one of the women invited us, she has this beautiful house in Florida and we went there, you know, had a luxurious like four or five day trip. And on the first day that we were there, she had organized um, a yoga instructor to come and we had a yoga class on the beach, which is this beautiful setting, right? You're by the ocean. It's early in the morning. The air is fresh. It's just you're hearing all the waves crashing. And I, what happened for me was I got into one of the poses and, and I'd done yoga before, so I'd never had this experience, but I got into one of the poses and all of a sudden something happened and I suddenly became aware that there were all these emotions bubbling up and you know so I'm in this pose I'm moving through you know all the different poses and I'm thinking oh my gosh I'm gonna cry like something's happening here and I had tears I couldn't stop them there were tears rolling down my face and there was all this emotion that I had somehow released and I couldn't figure it out. I was really, really confused, but I was really overwhelmed and it lasted beyond the class. You know, I was crying throughout the whole thing. Um, the class was over, you know, everyone said goodbye to the yoga teacher. My friends were all on the, on the beach doing cartwheels and laughing and taking pictures. And I went off to the side and just cried and I couldn't, and I didn't understand it. I didn't actually know why I was crying. I just knew that something had come up. And, and, you know, so, so that already right there, and that happened again the next day when we did yoga again, right? So I knew there's something up here. There's something up here. And how odd is it that I am in the midst of it, but I have no idea. I don't even know what that's all about. Like I mm -hmm. have no consciousness and awareness of why it is that I'm crying. I've disconnected so much, right? And so that right there told me something. 
And that really started everything because I started really reflecting on that trip. I had, you know, this time and space away from the usual, from work, from family, from all of those demands. And I became really aware of the fact that I really don't like how my life is. I really don't like the way my life is going. I really don't like where I'm finding myself. And I'm not even entirely sure that I like a lot of parts of me mm. or that I even know what all those parts are because the fact that I was crying and it took me completely by surprise and I didn't even know what that was all about was very telling. So I got off that plane and I made a number of changes in my life right away. And the most important one though was that I signed up for this workshop and it was um, an 18 week workshop with this woman who was uh, a psychic actually, you know, she, she did energy work and she did readings and she taught classes and she, she did a whole bunch of different things. And I signed up for, for this thing, not knowing, not knowing why and not even knowing what I was getting myself into. And I went that very first night to class and it was like a light bulb had just switched on for me. And I became so, you know, it was like the, this feeling that I always have, the image that always comes to mind is that of being in a desert and all of a sudden you're presented with like a gigantic body of water, mm -hmm. right? so you're just drinking it in and drinking it in. And so that's what happened for me. That was really my awakening is suddenly I went to this place, I connected with people I realized that in my entire life, I hadn't fed this part of myself, that I had shut it down. And so I started exploring. And I really, at the time, had no idea. And I was also partially in denial. And there also was a little bit of embarrassment because the way in which I viewed myself and the way in which I presented myself to the world was that I was this very logical, very rational, very grounded person. And, and we can get to that later because the reality was I wasn't grounded at all, but I like to think that I was. Mm -hmm. And, and I surrounded myself with people who fed that, that fantasy, right? That mm -hmm. I was this really, and, and that's still true. I still am a very logical and rational person, but there's also this other part of me. And it was another part of me that I had really stifled. And when I went to this class, it was like, I was, suddenly in connection with people who were speaking a different language. And there was this part of me that just woke up, you know, and that I had kept under wraps and that was just so happy and grateful. And it became almost this whole thing of, I could not be apart from this group. So I made this, you know, this commitment and I went diligently every week. I even went, there was, this wow. where I was really, really sick. And I was being told, you know, there's no way you should be going anywhere. You're so ill. And I, <laughs> I can't miss this class, right? I rested all day just so I could go to my class at night. Um, so yeah, it just, it just was really telling. But again, like I said, I had no idea what I was doing. I just thought, well, I'm just having a little bit of fun. I wasn't admitting to people, wasn't telling, being very open with, by and large with people. I told a select few. I mean, you knew mm -hmm. I was doing this. And so I, I had know. some people in my life who knew that I was doing this and who were very encouraging and supportive of it. But I felt really afraid to sort of come out almost and to be really open to the world at large and tell them what I was doing. Because I also, again, had no idea what I was, why I was doing this. So really all in all, you pretty much had a, totally. if you were to describe it, a spiritual awakening. And, um, you know, because there is so much 
misconception resistance around that term and a lot of taboo around it like what to me like what does the spiritual awakening really mean to you because I know I know what it means but for you what what did that really mean so it's an interesting question and one I still am exploring because I started to think about you know what are we as people and I think that what we really are are fundamentally we're all spiritual beings we're all spiritual beings who are having a human experience I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so the thing is, is that, is it an awakening or is it a reawakening? Ah. And I think in some ways, maybe it's a reawakening because when I look at my life, you see, when I did this class, what it caused me to do was I went back and I looked at my life through a different set of lens. And I started to understand myself in a different way. I started to look at things that had happened to me when I was younger and and really understand what those moments were all about. Whereas, you know, I was looking at it from a very different set of lens that an adult, very, you know, grounded again, intellectual, scientific, right? You know, all of those lenses. So I had to find ways of, of understanding things. And we find that in the world, right? That science tries to explain things. But there is a point where science drops off and can no longer explain some phenomena. And so mm-hmm. what needs to step in to fill that gap sometimes just becomes, I mean, if you stick with the science model, then it's just, well, we don't know. And they'll laugh it off and say, it's sort of like a miracle, mm-hmm. right? We don't understand it. But if you look historically, science and spirituality kind of melded together, right? Aristotle, people like that who are philosophers mm-hmm. and scientists and all of those things talked about spirituality and they were really aware of where one dropped off and one picked up and where the blend was. So Absolutely. I kind of think we're just rediscovering ourselves. Absolutely. And, you know, for me, the concept of spirituality really, I, I love the word, I love the word reawakening, first of all, the word, the word that you used, reawakening. It's a spiritual reawakening. And so for me, the concept of spirituality really is just about believing that there is more to the world than meets the eye and energy greater than us. And it's about developing this relationship with our inner world and getting curious about our emotional states, behaviors, patterns, and working to really transcend this programming and conditions and, you know, taking inventory and learning how to bring this awareness and use it out into the world to really truly cultivate more meaningful connections um, and bring in things that align with our true selves and live from this heart-centered way. That's how I would describe spirituality from my own experiences. And um, so can you tell us more about how one would begin and develop a relationship with themselves? I mean, I know from my own experience, I, I started it was actually in my last relationship where all of this stuff came to the forefront. And because I was in a very unconscious state, unaware of a lot of my behaviors and patterns, and this relationship really pushed me to start looking at myself inwardly. And I began getting curious about my behaviors and my patterns and triggers and, you know, questioning them. So how would you, how would one begin this relationship, this process of building a relationship with themselves? from scratch. Well, first of all, I wanted to say that, you know, your explanation of how you view spirituality was so beautifully said. And, uh, you know, it was really, really so eloquent. I do think that, you know, in terms of what you just asked me about our relationship with ourself, 
there's a there's something about finding being at peace and finding oneness with ourselves i think that you know it's it's a sad statement to say that actually the least cultivated relationship that we often have is with ourselves we put a lot more time and energy often into the relationship that we might have even with our bosses for instance than we do with ourselves and the reality is is that you know all of what happens outside of ourselves is really a reflection of what happens within ourselves. So we really need to work on, on, on what is going on, on the internal experience. And, you know, awareness is really, is really a key component because, you know, you look at my, my story where I was having an experience, you know, during that yoga moment and I had no idea what that was. And it's kind of shocking when you think about it that I could be having releasing these emotions and not understand what they even were or why they were, where they were. They were they were obviously somewhere in my body because that's the whole point, right? We are an intersection. We are not just mind. We are not just body. We are not just emotions. We are not just spirit. We're all mm -hmm. of these things. Mm -hmm. And we have to really, you know, start aligning those things, those aspects and understanding them all and not denying them. And that's what often happens with us, right? We, we might favor one over the other. So for instance, you know, you're, you've always been very geared towards the body and the physical. And, yep. and so that's kind of what you really paid attention to. And that was, that, you know, dominated a large part of your life. And mine was, you know, I was raised in a very intellectual, educated family, very academic. So mm -hmm. the mind was really, really, stressed you know and it was and i think it's fine because we all have our different abilities and our strengths mm -hmm. the problem is is that when we when we favor one and de completely deny all the others exactly and are we are geared as as you know since we are spiritual beings life flows right like if you look at how does nature work it all flows it all flows the way it's supposed to unless something else comes along and disrupts it so mm -hmm. you know we're kind of the ones who are mucking up the environment if we weren't around things you know if people weren't around to put that outside force it would go as it needs to but there's a natural flow to everything and there's a natural flow to us mm -hmm. and our natural way that ourselves want to be is in alignment and in flow but we're so often misaligned right so when you have someone who's paying more attention to their their thoughts and their minds or their bodies to the exclusion of all others, you're misaligned. Exactly. Right? And, and that's where you start becoming unhappy. Exactly. And I, I mean, I can talk from my experience. I, like we said, it started out with the body. I was very focused on the physical and I used my physicality and my, my strength to uh, basically, I dismissed a lot of my emotional world and what was happening in my heart and in my mind. And I used that as an escape, as a escape and a coping mechanism. So I was very much in denial and out of alignment for many years. And when I started actually feeling the, when I started getting centered and practicing meditation and coming into stillness with myself and all these emotions that had been repressed for so long started to come to the surface, it was so overwhelming for me because I realized how much I was storing in there and unaware of what I was storing and how much was in there. So when I started to bring this stuff to the surface and really truly merging the mind, body, and spirit, that's when I started to feel 
balance, peace, yeah. inner peace, self, that self-acceptance piece coming in too, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's... Well, and- what happens whenever you push one of those aspects of yourself, whether it's spiritual, you know, our spiritual side, our emotional side, our mental side, our physical side, because we are geared for alignment at some point, you know, well, it's not even at some point, it's actually all along the way, but, but it's, it's when your awareness kicks in. Because all along the way, what's happening is, is that when you're pushing one aspect more in favor, you know, in favor of the others, the others are actually asking for attention as well. They're asking for you to spend some time with them, to bring them, you know, because you do want to align. At some point though, you become very acutely aware that those other elements need to be paid attention to, right? That's why, you know, you just think about someone who starts working out, for instance, who's had an unhealthy lifestyle and they realize, you know, I'm out of shape and I'm overweight and I want to change that. And so they start going to the gym. Well, what happens is, is eventually they start feeling like, okay, I've pushed it as far as I can in one direction. I now need to do something else. I need to like, I need to start eating healthier, right? I need to support my body. Like it starts, you start having this we're geared towards trying to find that alignment and you start going towards, okay, I'm doing this now, but you know, maybe there's other things in my life that don't support this healthy vision. You know, like I might be smoking or I might be partying or all of these different things. And you start cleaning house. Like that's what happened for you, right? That was your experience that you start going towards that place where yourself really does want to be aligned. They want all those aspects. Yeah, it was really interesting, actually, because, you know, I was very, I guess I would say quite one dimensional in a way, you know, focusing so much, so obsessively on the physical, the nutrition and the physical down pat. But then that other piece of me, and that's why I felt so empty inside. And I felt really just not, not at peace and not content, because I was really neglecting that, my emotional world, really. And so it wasn't until the last couple of years where things started to come into full alignment. I mean, and it did take work and, you know, conscious awareness and practice. And, you know, now that we're on the topic of awareness and conscious awareness and behaviors, how would you, how do we become more self-aware? How do we become more conscious and aware of our patterns and behaviors in the first place? What's a starting point for us if we're, you know, just starting out there? So that's really a good question and a really tough one. I think everybody comes to awareness in different ways. Um, but I think that it, there's definitely, you know, there's definitely a demand for, again, like cultivating that relationship with yourself. So how do we do that? And how do we do that is that we have to spend time. I mean, how do you, if you look at other relationships that you have outside of yourself, how do you how do you cultivate that relationship well you cultivate them by listening right we all want to be seen heard and understood by someone else but we also even within ourselves if you look at the oneness of yourself you want to be seen heard and understood by yourself that's how you find that alignment right you start listening to what does my body want and you give it to it you know, right. What does my mind wants, you know, what do, what does my soul want? All of those things. What does my heart need? So we're, we're in this constant dialogue with ourselves, or we should be, 
we're not often though we're often have this idea that we are masters we we have this mastery over ourselves right our body is saying no and we're going to we're going to be the boss like you're not the boss of me i'm going to push that to the limits right or you know my mind is tired right now i can't take in any more information no i'm going to take a pill and i'm going to cram i'm going to like exactly like we have this idea and that's not oneness with self right that's this idea that somehow you're going to master yourself. It, it's the most bizarre thing when you think about it. But we do come, we have that attitude. And unfortunately, our society actually rewards you for that. You know, it talks about people who are, oh, he was so selfless or he did so many things. You know, he, he, get, he works an 80-hour, you know, week, work week. Like just somehow th- those kinds of things are actually revered and rewarded. Yep, it's true. And those don't, those don't come, you know, those don't contribute to having a relationship, a good relationship or oneness with self. So, so part of that awareness is really starting to get into the, into the habit of spending time with yourself and really listening. And people don't do that. And in order to listen to yourself, you really need to drop down to a very grounded place so that you can open up to listen. Mm -hmm. Because it's not always easy to engage with yourself because like I said, like my experience, there were clearly a lot of very painful feelings that I'd stuffed down and I wasn't listening to. I had disconnected from. And I think that's a common experience because we are, we come into this world, I think perfect and whole probably, but we don't have, you know, certain abilities and, and consciousness. And as our consciousness develops and we take in whatever the outside world is telling us, we start, bringing in all sorts of different feelings like shame right it's a huge one right and and guilt and things like that and anger and and those things are not always deemed acceptable to express right and yeah i mean the whole thing like you're saying is to to get to a place of where where you're in complete stillness and silence with yourself is when you are most likely able to hear your heart, listen to your body, what it actually needs. And I know for me, actually, that was one exercise I found really helpful was just doing a daily check-in where I would ask, you know, just spend five, 10 minutes asking myself, what do I need right now? What is it that I'm feeling? And just allowing for whatever to come up, whether it's even just journaling it, feeling it out, but truly taking that time to honor and to feel what I'm feeling and just be okay with that rather than, you know, my old self, which would, oh, I'm going to go for a run. It's 10 PM. You need to go for a run because you didn't do it today. And, you know, now I've come to a place where it's like, no, I'm actually, my body's tired and it's telling me don't go for a run. I think I'm going to listen and actually maybe take a bath or meditate instead. Right. Right. It took me a long time to get to that place though. Yeah. And that's because, I mean, on the whole thing, we're in a constant loop with the outside world, right? Our inside the idea is that our inside world reflects the outside world. But when we first come, come into being, we're infants, we're completely dependent on the outside world, right? You can't even hold up your head properly. So you need someone to kind of support that. And so depending upon what your outside experiences are, it, you're, then you, you loop it back and it forms part of your internal world, your inside world. And, and you, you know, now that we're older, it's, you know, what we need to do is work on that inside world because when we're younger, we start, you know, even if you're crying as a baby and you're constantly being, you know, the, the way our society works is 
those aren't good feelings, right? So we're constantly trying to get the baby to stop crying, whatever it takes. And so already from the get go, you're taking in this messaging from the outside world. These are not safe emotions. These are not great. Right. So you start developing what you think are, are good emotions and bad emotions and what's safe to express and what isn't safe to express. So the things that we, the emotions that we think are not safe to express, they, they don't move through us. We hide them somewhere. They go into our body somewhere. We store them, you know, we, and we'd start disconnecting from them. So what we're doing right now as adults now that, you know, we know that in certain circumstances, it's safe to have those emotions with other people, but we haven't actually, our inside world hasn't figured out that it's safe to have them even within ourselves. Sure. So there is a whole process of reconnecting with those things that we have, those thoughts and feelings and beliefs. Absolutely. And I think a lot of us on, in some way are scared to experience our emotions. We think we can't handle it or we think that, oh my God, if I experience this deep sadness or this deep anger, or this deep shame that I will not be able to pull through it or I'm not going to know how to manage them. And the thing is that we, we all can and they, and they do, they're all temporary, these emotions. And they, if we just allow them to flow and weave through us, we, we are in a way we are you know, um, will be relieved, right? Absolutely. And the whole idea is, I mean, it's, it's already in the word, right? Emotion, because emotion is energy in motion. And it is meant to move. It is meant to flow through you. So when you have an emotion, if you just let it happen, you know, it has, it, it has a, a, a life, lifespan of itself. Exactly. It stay there. But there is a fear for some people that if I give in to the anger, it's going to take over and I'm going to sit with, you know, whatever this is. And then we start developing meta emotions, right? Which is our emotions about the emotions, which is where often shame comes into or guilt. You know, you'll hear people saying, I shouldn't feel this way, but I do. Oh and, yeah. That's a classic. Right? It, it totally is. And, and What's really relieving for people is to hear somebody say, you know, and this is something I often say to my clients is there's no shoulds. You feel that way and it's good because emotions are really just information for us. And, and that's all they are. They're information or messages. And so you really need to listen and pay attention to what are those messages and get curious. So if you're feeling angry, you know, rather than trying to go in there and shut it down and say, well, I shouldn't feel angry. It's, like, well, what is the message there, right? Like you get moms, for instance, who are exhausted and overtaxed and they're getting frustrated and irritated and angry with their spouses and their kids. And they're saying, I shouldn't feel this way. And it's like what you do. So what's the message in there? And the message is probably very likely you're exhausted. And you're dismissing your reality and you're, you're basically dismissing your reality and your emotions by being like, I, I, I shouldn't feel this way. But exactly. And then you start feeling shame. Exactly. About that, that, so then you start stuffing not just, the sh not just the anger that you feel down somewhere else, but the shame that you have about the anger. And then it becomes this negative loop. It becomes this negative loop. And then so what happens is, is, you know, you go through very different, many different things to try to disconnect from that, those emotions. And at some point, you know, you find different ways of coping with them. Exactly. And so when we, when we do embark on this journey and in this process, oftentimes a lot of these emotions and old wounds will surface when we become still enough and it can cause us to feel shame, sadness, 
or anger. So how do we navigate through these difficult emotions and what can we really do to practice self, more self-compassion in those moments when those emotions start to surge up? How do we practice that? Well, again, I think it really goes down to playing that role of speaker and listener. Because I think if you think about, you know, there's that saying that they always used to have um, that says, you know, treat others as you'd like to be treated, right? That, that, that you get told that as a kid. And really and truly, I think that it should be the reverse. I think it should be treat yourself as you treat others. Because we're always so much kinder to other people. We're always much more willing to listen to other people and to hold them often, right? Somebody could be saying, oh, I feel really angry and, you know, I'm really frustrated and we'll listen to them and we'll hold their hands and we'll hug them and we'll do all of those things. We don't, we don't always go in there and say, oh, you shouldn't feel that way. That's wrong. You should be ashamed that you feel that way, right? Exactly. So I think the thing is, is that to, to find to find compassion, first of all, when you, when you think about what the self actually is, because I had a client yesterday who asked me this question, who said, you know, I've got this, you know, I've connected with my inner child and my inner, you know, my defiant inner child and that inner child is crossing its arms and saying things like, nope, I'm not going to do it. You can't make me. And he said, then I have this other self that's like very, very judgy and it's got this voice and it talks about all these other things. And he's saying, and he said to me, where's the self in all of this? Like, am I just a compilation of all of these things? And we all come into this world. We all do have a self and it is always present. And if we can tap into self energy, self energy is a compassionate energy. So again, it needs to go down to being very grounded and centered to try to connect with self. And when you can connect and ground, then you can spend some time actually listening to those other parts of you that are crying out for whatever right. it might be. So I think that, I mean, it's, it's not an easy answer. How do you find your way to, to self-compassion, right? But it does require, again, it requires you to spend some time, to devote some time with yourself. And it doesn't have to be a long time, like you said, that you spent five minutes every day or so checking in with yourself, um, you know, and asking yourself, like, what are you feeling? Because I don't think we actually ask ourselves that very often. We don't check in on a regular basis and say, how are you feeling? What are you feeling? Exactly. And it's weird. It was weird at first too, right? I'm like, why am I asking myself this? Because we're so used to dismissing and being like, oh, you're fine. Right. Or get over yourself. Yeah. Right? Just move on. Like, you know, get going. Right. And I mean, you know, one of my favorite stories with you that we always laugh about is the time that you hobbled into the gym on what looked like an elephant's ankle. Yeah, that, see, that's the, that is the ultimate example of not listening to myself. <laughs> right. And it, and it was, and, and you were saying like, oh, I'm fine. And I, I said, I'm not sure how you could possibly be fine. Your ankle is three times the size of what it normally is. You know, you need to, and it was, I think it was purple at that point. And I, <laughs> oh, it I, definitely was purple and yeah, other and colors. You need to be home. And, and so again, there's a not checking in. So I think if we all just adopted, even started with a very small practice of every, and it's usually every morning or every night, it's when you can have that quiet time. It's, it's very difficult in the middle of the day and it's hard to, you know, so one of the great practices someone told me, who is a, a great friend of mine, who's a female empowerment, feminine empowerment coach. 
she said that this is a practice that you should be doing every day. And unfortunately, some of the most successful, what we call successful people don't practice. And coincidentally, those successful people tend not to be very happy. So she said, what you do is every day you, you know, you, you try to do it in the morning in the quiet. So you, if you wake up, especially if you live with other people, you wake up before them five minutes before all the stuff starts happening. You drop down to that very grounded open place. And, you know, and that can, you can achieve that just through sort of spend a, a couple minutes, just breathing, just being very conscious of your breath mm-hmm. because the breath is what really connects us to everything. So really, you know, taking those breaths and really feeling it and being very mindful and paying attention to, you know, how are you breathing and really trying to like breathe into your belly and stuff will help drop you down into that place. So you you drop down into that grounded place and you ask yourself. So again, here's that whole thing of playing speaker and listener all at once, right? We have to play both roles. You ask yourself, what am I feeling? And you just sit and you listen and you wait. And, and at first it seems very manufactured, but actually the first time I did this, I was blown away by what came up because I actually had no idea that I was feeling these things. And I connected with a part of myself that had so much to say. And it was, it it, it was, it was so hard to believe that this is all happening within me. And yet I'm so unaware of that experience. Right. And this part of me came up and started saying all these things and I thought, wow, you know, so you ask yourself that. And, and the practice is that you ask yourself that three times. So you ask, you know, what are you feeling? And you listen, and then you try to reflect back like, oh, okay, I hear you're sad. You know, I hear you're sad because I don't know, whatever it might be, right? I hear you're sad because, you know, your friend hasn't made time for you and you're feeling really left out, you know? And then you ask yourself again, what are you feeling? And you see what else comes out and then you reflect it back again. The reflecting back is really important because we need to show ourselves that we are, again, we need to be seen, heard, and understood. So you really need to be reflecting that to yourself, that yourself can take it in, that I am being seen, heard, and understood by myself, which is so empowering. And at the end of all of that, after you've done that three times of asking yourself, what are you feeling? What are you feeling? You then ask, what do you need? Which is an entirely different question, right? Yeah, and see what comes back. And then you have to reflect that back too. Like I, I'm seeing that you're needing some attention, you know, how about a hug? Like, what can I give you that, you know, and it's, it sounds really corny, but it's amazing how healing and relieving that can be just listening to yourself and very empowering because you start finding out then that you don't need others who are around you in the same way that you did before. I found that I used to demand people really needed to listen to me and they really needed to, you know, there was all this stuff because I wasn't doing that for myself. And once I, I started doing that for myself, I kind of relieved others of that role and I could just enjoy things in our relationship in a different way. Absolutely. These, yeah, these are some really great practical steps for people. I really like that whole speaker listener dialogue between yourself. I think that's really empowering and that's a really good start. Right. And just in general, like just really, and, and the breath work too, that one was really huge for me. Even that two to five minutes, spending that time to really get centered and grounded and then asking yourself the questions. Yes. And the thing about that, like I said, connecting with self, because our true self energy is never critical. So if you're feeling like what comes up when, when you're hearing yourself saying, you know, I feel angry at, you know, I feel angry at my partner, for instance, because, 
you know, he or she didn't do something or did this. Mm -hmm. And you're feeling like what's coming up for you is that criticism where you're saying, well, you shouldn't feel that way. Then you know you're not actually grounded and really connected to self-energy because self-energy would, would be more curious to say, okay, I see you're angry. What else is in there? Right. Or right. compassionate, which is like, oh, you know, yeah, I can see how that would make you feel angry, you know, and, and what else is in there? So if you're already feeling the criticism coming up, it's okay. You can get curious about the criticism because that's another part of yourself that's probably wounded. That's, that's carrying that, you know, critical part. And you can be, you know, you have to then sort of say, okay, like, I need you to sort of step aside long enough that I can hear the story, but, or you can engage with that critical part, which is to sort of say, you know, you sound pretty critical, like what's in that? Because what's contained usually in criticism in our critical part is fear and yep. insecurity, right? Makes sense. And so if you can, again, drop down into yourself and get curious about what is happening here in me about this criticism that's coming up, you'll actually start discovering what's held up in there. You know, and, and it very likely goes back to, you know, again, everything goes back to our developmental years. You know, I was highly criticized and I'm afraid of not being perfect or whatever it might be. And you can really start really exploring it at a really deep level. That's amazing. Yeah, this was some really, really great insights in this in this uh, last part here. But um, thank you so much for coming on today, Kathy. This was a mind-blowing and very insightful session. Well, and that's a wrap, me. guys. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. And thank you again, Kathy, for sharing your wisdom, knowledge, and your personal experiences with us. If you're looking to expand, grow, and reclaim yourself, you can get in contact with her through this website, www.healingtherapyalliance.com. Look for Kathy Yu. Until next time.